Never a dull moment with better buddies. Better Buddies. I'm your host, RJ, and with us this week, we have Calvin. Hello. And James. Hello. Are you guys playing Cookie Clicker over there? I'm not. It's probably my mouse. <laughs> Do you guys ever play that game? No. no. So, Cookie Clicker was one of those you don't play games where. You just click a screen forever. Like, you click the cookie to get enough cookies to buy a grandma that bakes cookies for you at a rate of, like, five cookies per minute, which then gives you more cookies to buy more grandmas. And it's capitalist propaganda is what it is. I mean... Yeah, that's what you're talking about, RJ. It's pretty fun. <laughs> no, it's not. Was it one of those, like, addicting games type games? Or was it, like... So- that sounds like something that comes with... One like- of those type... It's one of those ones you got on your phone and you literally would just, it's an app and you would just load it up and you would just sit there tapping away at your phone. And it's just like one of those like time wasters that you say, oh, I'm sitting here with nothing to do. I'm just going to poke my screen and be rewarded for it. Dopamine. I don't know why, but that reminded me. Do you guys remember how big Angry Birds was? What do you mean was? They had a movie. They had two movies. No, but I mean, I mean like because for a while it was... For a while, it was, like, totally in the popular culture. Yeah. Like, people it, talked about it all the time, or it was referenced, like, all the time. Mm-hmm. I mean, people still definitely know about it, and it's yeah. still around, but I, I, I know what you're saying. Like, it used to be, like, <laughs> it was, like, everywhere. Like, and everyone was playing yeah. it. Like, yeah. yeah. It was a pretty good puzzle game, though. Mm-hmm. It's a good idea. It combines, like, a bunch of different mechanics and... Um, I mean, it's brilliant from like an aesthetic standpoint because it's highly marketable. I mean, those yeah, characters yeah. were basically made to be marketed. <laughs> like, yeah, it's perfect. Um, I don't know if that was like the original intention, but usually with any design thing, you're like, especially if you're doing animals, it's like, well, we'll make them like cute. Gotta make those like, stuffed animals, stuff like that. Gotta make those yeah. Crushes. I mean, just in case, everyone's dude. Ever since Star Wars, everyone's like, "What if the merchandising takes <laughs> off?" <laughs> well, so. we're not we're not going to get any merchandising if we don't continue our episode. Our better that's buddies, Icebreaker. Ooh, that's what we'll yes. merchandise. We'll sell plush icebergs. Uh, our better buddies, Icebreaker, for this week is: Was there ever a book that made you go, "What the hell did I just read"? Uh, I'm going to start us off this week because I need to get it off my chest because I still kind of why uh, Pilgrim at Tinker Creek. I was going to say that. I kind of like that book. I'm not going to lie. I kind of do. I've reread it a bit. I got to go back it. and give it another shot. Like <laughs> it's, it's yeah. It, it, that's it is the weird like, thing for me. Yeah. I get it. I get the intent behind it, and I actually like the intent behind it. I like the stylistically of that, like, kind of just contemplative stuff and the anecdotes it uses. But I still do not like that one particularly. It's a lot. It's a lot. It's like a lot to take in, and a lot of it sounds kind of, like, nonsensical, which is the problem. Like, it kind of sounds like she thinks she's talking about something, but it feels like she's talking about nothing. Yeah. You know what I mean? For those listening that had to have no idea what this is, this was a book we had to read when we were all on the academic decathlon team. And it's basically about (laughs) this lady who lives in the woods. And it's like, it's it's like, it's it's nonfiction, right? It's just like kind of her musings as she's like, I can explain that at this house yeah. in the woods on like the east coast somewhere and yeah and it's just her talking about her just yeah it's, it's, it's not necessarily fully coherent it just kind of goes on. so and i think yeah. i think we covered this when we first read it for academic decathlon back in high school but it's supposed to be based on uh 
is it Thoreau's Walden? Walden. I was gonna yeah. compare it to Walden. Well, Walden. It was yeah. supposed to be. She yeah. purposefully did this okay. as a comparison yeah. to have her own Walden Pond experience. Yes. However, as my understanding goes, the difference is Walden Pond was entirely nonfiction, and Dillard's is uh, is creative nonfiction, which yeah, is a valid. contradiction in terms. Mm-hmm. However, it is the label that has been used for technically true-ish stories okay. that details have been embellished to make more entertaining. Which I guess, okay, to be fair... Like Walden is in its contents, rel- like in in the general look, it would be the same. But Walden is way more like philosophical in a West sense, and kind of like the Eastern one. But it's way more like it feels way more logical, and I don't mean that the best way possible. But like it, it's it deals with more philosophical things or problems of like why aren't people happy? Like what's wrong? And it felt like from what I'm remembering of Pilgrim at Tinker Creek, it was almost more like spiritual or conceptual. It was very yeah. loose. Like yeah. it was more like, let's think about the universe when we look at a butterfly's wing or something like stuff kind of like that. Yeah. Where she would, she would take her observations in nature and then expand on them to try and make them these like mythic statements almost. Um, and sometimes I think they worked and other times not so much, but definitely I was going to compare it to Walden. I was fucking like this bitch. <laughs> <laughs> yep. Yeah. 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 Cool. So that's my, that's my choice. It's, I can't, Yeah. it's not inherently bad. I mm-hmm. just didn't particularly liked it because it felt like a lot of effort to say nothing. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Calvin, do you want to expand further on Pilgrim at Tinker Creek, or would you like to try and come just, up with another choice? I just didn't like it. <laughs> Simple. That's fair. Yeah. That's it was a fair. lot to it was a lot to throw at a high schooler. I mean, for sure. Mm-hmm. Like most most like English seniors wouldn't read that book. No. <laughs> In college. So yeah. And if they were gonna, they'd just read Walden Pond. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. What about you, James? Uh, so you, you before we started the show, you claimed you had a book in mind. Mm-hmm. Yes, I did, and do I you, do. Do you still have it's, it? Yes, it's uh, it's Fear and Loathing in Las Vegas. And I know that's like that's kind of like a basic answer, but it's hard to articulate when I first um, or like some of those books when you read them, um, they're not only like. It's not necessarily that they're like an awesome book, but you're just like, I didn't know that a book could be written like this. Like, I didn't know that this existed. Um, That's how I felt the first time when I read like one of my favorite books of all time. And it is still kind of basic is uh, Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy. Mm. One of the reasons it was so like big for me was because I was like, I didn't know sci-fi could be written like this. I didn't know you could write a sci-fi book like this or, yeah. or do sci-fi like this um and fear and loathing was kind of the same where it was like what the fuck like even if just a third even if like a quarter or a sixteenth it's is true it's like how the fuck does somebody <laughs> write this like how do you even begin um so it it's not the most amazing book ever. And there are people that stake like their entire personalities in it. And I would not like, I don't condone that. I mean, if you want to go ahead, but fear and loathing is definitely one of those books where it's just like, it's like the rolling stones of like literature to a degree. Like it changed the game a little bit. It's like, I, I didn't know some guy could literally just write about what was happening on his job take a shit ton of drugs while he was doing it and then like turn the whole thing into a book. So you brought up a really good point mm-hmm. about uh, Douglas Adams and Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy changing the game. Yes. Yeah. Do, do you, do you guys think it would be fair to say Douglas Adams was the first lol so random? Um, oh or, or that he is the reason we have that today? 
he's not the he's not the first but like the whole 42 joke is like a cornerstone yeah. of like the loss of random like humor so like he contributed to it but not i i, I think that's more it, it depends on what context you're coming at him from and anything um i think his work is actually like relatively it's like well written i think it's funny um it's it's enjoyable like no one had really done sci-fi in that kind of like farcical like monty python-esque way before mm -hmm. so so that and that's the other thing too is like stuff like monty python gets memed into oblivion um as yeah. well so it's like it really depends on where you come at it from because I, I really do think there are merits to his writing i don't think he's like the greatest writer of all time but i do think that there's some stuff that's worth it um even beyond the first hitchhiker's book like, okay most of the series is kind of fun it is i've read uh, most of them they're all real fun books um mm. just want to make sure one more time before we move on to our next segment calvin are you gonna is have you said your piece on book that made you go what the hell <laughs> yeah i can't really think of anything else that i've read okay yeah, because I typically read just fantasy sci-fi and not anything that insane or crazy fantasy sci-fi. So, um, oh, actually, actually, um, uh, what is it? It's it's um, it's classic sci-fi. It's like, oh my god, this is gonna drive me crazy. It, I think it starts with an H. It's not. That's not Asimov, then. No, uh, Asimov is good though. H. Um, one sec. I think I gotta. I have it on my iPad here. Let me pull this out because Oxy? that Brave New World. No. Okay. Also great. That. Yeah. Dystopian is just great. There's some dystopian that'll make you go, "What the heck." Wasn't um, there that one short story with the lotto, James? Well, the lottery. This up? Yeah. Yeah, that was... I don't remember who wrote that, though. Um, yeah, I don't remember who wrote that either. Yeah. Uh, no, this one's like a sci-fi book that... Um, I'm just stalling one, pulling this up. Hyperion. Oh! Hyperion, uh, it's classic sci-fi. Um, and it's basically... Uh, like five or six kind of people's short stories all within this one overarching story. They're basically on this kind of uh, pilgrimage thing to this special world. And it's very much kind of structured Canterbury Tales style where everyone's okay. traveling and they're telling yeah. their stories to each other. Uh-huh. That's awesome. Um, And some of the stories are just like, what the... There's one that will just make you cry. Um, there's a couple that are just like, what the heck? And then there's what a couple that are really cool. It was nice. written in 89. Oh, wow. <laughs> yeah. It's about 500 pages long. I There's more to it. I've only ever read the first one. But then there's like the fall of Hyperion, uh, Endymion, and all this other stuff. It, it gets weird. Um, it kind of lost me at the end, but I got to go back and reread it and try and finish off the series. But I would also recommend it. But it's uh, there's some stuff that it's, it's out there. Cool. What do you think like, makes you like remember it after all the stuff you've read? What draws you back to it? Uh, it was just so different. Um, yeah the the sci-fi technology it, it really felt like an amalgamation of like five different uh sci-fi short stories rolled into one in an overarching story that's cool that's nice really cool. well speaking of recommendations our mm -hmm. next segment is better buddies recommend where you recommend a piece of media to enjoy uh Calvin, do you want to recommend Hyperion, or do you have? Yeah, I'd recommend Hyperion. Just to stick with that because uh, it, it, like I said, it's really good. The uh, different like stories give you a little bit of different stuff in each one. Um, like I said, there's one that's just like 
really good, but it's just like really sad. Um, there's one that it's like, it kind of turns into this like detective noir thing. Uh, there's one that's, um, it's not like body horror, but it, 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 it leans more into the horror aspect of it. Um, okay. So there, each story is kind of like a, its own little genre. It's uh, like a sci-fi buffet. Yeah. That's awesome. But they do a really good job of tying them all together. And that's a, that's a tough thing to do with stories like that, where you're going to have so many themes and perspectives to, to make them all fit in the same world uh, well when telling an overall uh, narrative. Yeah, because they're all like on this pilgrimage telling these tales to each other and they all, everyone's tale kind of ends in a reason why they're on this pilgrimage. Cool. Uh, James, what would you like to recommend this week? I would recommend Archer. I know that's, uh, that's again, a little basic, but um, the 11th season premiered, I think, uh, what, a couple weeks ago? Yeah, um, yeah, something like, like that. Sure. Yeah, so the first two episodes were up. If you have Hulu, um, any subscription, obviously you can go and check those out for the eleventh season. But I actually, so I I watched the first two this afternoon. Then I also started. Uh, I think I'm going to start rewatching it. So I started the first episode. I just forgotten how much I love like the first. I don't know, three to four seasons of Archer. It's yeah. like. Yeah. just doesn't get any better in that show for me at least than that it's like oh it was, this is awesome it's just so solid yeah before the high concept uh stuff became mm-hmm. kind of like boilerplate before because like archer vice was the first season where it's like for me at least i was kind of like oh this is fun um this it doesn't really feel like the show as much but this is still fun to watch these characters like do this job of you know being being like international drug dealers but then as the seasons went on and became more and more commonplace to do like a high concept idea it started to feel more distanced from the show and i don't know i just love i love the idea of like a spy office um (laughs) that's that that's what really like that's what it was supposed to be is like a workplace comedy but with at an intelligence agency and i really love how much they dig into that in um first again three or four seasons i don't really i still watch the show i've seen every season of the show so far so i do enjoy it but i do think those first like three to four are pretty top notch so i'd recommend archer just the series in general um for people to watch if they haven't seen it before yeah, I'd have to agree that the like the first couple seasons where they kind of stick with that whole like spy shtick mm-hmm. is like some of the best. I didn't yeah. mind Archer Vice. Um, th- some of my favorite uh, moments are in the later half of Archer Vice. A-, mm-hmm. a lot of the middle stuff, I do agree, it's kind of like, yeah, this is okay. Yeah. Um, but I was glad they went back to the more spy stuff for like yeah. the next season. But then when they went into like the private detective yeah. and then they went into the whole like uh they noir. did private detective they yeah then they be... went into dreamland which was like this noir style yeah. which was okay and then danger island i was kind of like yeah and then the space one had like two good episodes yeah but it's just like because um, originally the the appeal with archer vice which was the blueprint for the rest of those concept seasons it was like, let's see if we can take these characters and get them to work in a completely different setting. Mm-hmm. And I think for Archer Vice, for the most part, it worked. The problem is, is like you can only remove the characters from like their natural habitat. I feel like for so long before they stop feeling like the characters and they just become kind of caricatures. Yeah, yeah. I think Danger works. Island, Danger Island seemed like the one that always suffered the most to me having not seen it in that respect where like Krieger is a parrot it kind of works like the first episode I thought was hilarious Um, I always I always always like the settings like I always like some of the places they choose to do it in I thought the Danger Island location was cool but it's just like plots 
mm-hmm. feel very kind of like slapdash and just it's like i don't really know what's going on and the whole thing with archer was like first again in this in the series beginning like there were no overarching stories it was just episodic yeah. um so it just kind of like you could tune in whenever and you could just be catch in the a, show catch an episode of archer yeah, yeah. and then the concept seasons like it almost requires sometimes a story like i think there were overarching stories in private detective one because there yeah. was like a mystery they were all trying to solve and then there was definitely it was more way more serialized in dreamland um i think they stepped away from it during space one yeah went more yeah. to like episodic that definitely returned to episodic but there was still mm-hmm. that underlying I guess a little bit of spoilers for Archer. Not that you can really yeah. spoil it, but like, yeah. cause he's in the coma and that's why they do the space and dreamland and all that stuff. This, the space one was kind of, you started seeing him breaking through and realizing this is a coma because he wakes up. So like that, that's like where it kind of started being okay with the episodic stuff, but there was yeah. still like a bit of an overarching narrative. Yeah. I mean, and then that plays into it too, because in a lot of those seasons, if you don't know he's in a coma, then some of the stuff doesn't make sense. So it's like, because it is referenced, I think. Yeah. Like, mm. And he's, you know. So I don't know. Like, I feel like I understand where the writers of the show wanted to go. Um, and really, actually, what makes Archer, I, I think, still to a degree, still unique is that it's written at least the first, I don't know definitely the first five seasons were written by the same guy like by the uh, show's creator i thought maybe maybe the original creator's gone but i know the current writers back when they were still doing the uh, dreamland uh mm-hmm. island and the space one were like hey we get this may not be what everybody wants but we are committed to only writing these characters as long as we find them entertaining and we're not going to just pump out seasons to keep pumping out seasons. Yeah, but the question is, like, if the characters are truly entertaining, do you have to throw them in a different environment every season? Or or is there, like, lack of development on the character end? And I, I, I like the concept seasons. I think it's fun seeing those characters in different locations. Um, but I don't know if I buy that defense from like a writing standpoint. Like I get what they're saying, but I, I think if the characters are truly interesting, like, I mean, yeah, they weren't really no, defending themselves in the article yeah. though. I think I might have misrepresented that. That was just yeah, them saying like, Hey, fair. uh, because they were getting me asked like, how long is Archer going to go? And they were like, yeah, we'll do this as long as we have what we think are good ideas for it. I, which, yeah, which is fair. Like, and if they're not getting tired of writing the characters, then it's like, I, I'll still watch it. I still enjoy seeing them. So clearly, like, there's still something there for me, at least. Um, but it was weird. I remember initially they said that they were only going to go for 10 seasons. Um, so I was surprised when they had the 11th one announced. But and maybe it's the last one. It might be. Um, it might be. So it'll be interesting, if it is, how they decide to end it. Nice. So we have Hyperion from Calvin, Archer from James. I'm going to recommend... I don't think I've recommended this before, but I probably have, knowing me. Uh, I started watching Daredevil again on Netflix. Never seen that show. Oh, you gotta go watch Daredevil, my dude. I heard it's really good. It's like... It's like uh, one of the beginning Marvel... It was the first um, Marvel Netflix show they did, and season one knocked out of the park so well that that's why they did all the other ones. That kind of paved the way for those shows, just, yeah, know, for the most part. It's uh, nuts. And I would say the only... I would say the, season, the Netflix show that has an on-par season one is Jessica Jones is the only show with a season one to compete with Daredevil season one, because they were both okay. just so well done. Not Iron Fist. I heard Iron Fist was really great. Iron, the problem with Iron Fist was they try, They had just done Luke Cage, and Luke okay. Cage being set in Harlem was very music-centric. Like That was one of the things they chose to focus on for the setting and using the music to convey information and tone. 
The problem is they continued to use that with Iron Fist, which didn't really work for the rich white boy. Yeah, I mean, I'd assume just putting... So did they try to go with a more, like, traditional kind of, like, East Asian or just Asian... I don't know, what is he supposed... What is... What practice is, is it supposed to be from? Like, the martial arts that he's practicing? Is it uh, just generic, like, martial arts? It's just generic like, martial arts, mostly. But okay. the music they used was, uh, like, hip-hop and rap and R&B. Oh, Because that's okay. what's on his iPod. Oh, shit. I should yeah. watch some of that. That sounds really funny, though. <laughs> and the, sh- oh. the shame is... Yeah. <laughs> uh, season 2 of Iron Fist was definitely better than Season 1. Okay. And the end of Season 2 of Iron Fist set up a really fun thing where the Iron Fist had guns. That Why does he the power guns? The power of the Iron Fist in Season 2, they learned you could channel it into your weapons. Okay. And... There was a previous Iron Fist who used pistols, and so on his journey, Rand went and picked up the pistols, and, like, they don't show him picking up the pistols, they just show, like, Meacham, the guy he's traveling with, about to get in a bar fight, and Rand comes in and is firing away with these glowing pistols. That's awesome. Uh, but Daredevil is... It works so well because they lean into... One of my favorite aspects is the color usage. Um, the intro is this... In- the intro animation is blood dripping down to form the outlines of the city and his him standing there. Isn't it kind of like... It doesn't... Isn't that intro kind of like the Game of Thrones or the, uh, like, Westworld? Those style intros? Very similar style. Like very detailed. Yeah. Very okay. animated. I kind of I kind of like that. Like I usually like how that looks. I think it's cool. It's very simplistic the way they do it, but very effective. And then in uni- yeah. when they're sh- in all their shots, uh, particularly with like Daredevil and the Defenders miniseries, lighting plays a huge role. In that, like, there's lots of red lighting and darkness in Daredevil, and then in Defenders, depending on what characters are in the scene, different colored lights will be going on. So, like, there's a scene where they're all holed up in a Chinese restaurant, and the lights from the restaurant have red, yellow, green, and purple. And then as the scene shifts with Jessica Jones walking away saying it's not her fight, you wind up with Iron Fist, green, Luke Cage, yellow, and Daredevil, red, and lots of those lights. So there's some thought put into it, then. There's a lot of thought put into it. Okay. Well, because, so the story of Daredevil is he's, he was a kid who was in an accident with some chemicals, right? Yep. And it blinds him. And he, what, he goes to law school. So he's kind so, of like a lawyer. Yeah. 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 The way it works out is, and, and they go through this in the first season, but the first season's back from like 2015 or something. Um, mm-hmm. Kid pushes an old man out of the way of a truck carrying chemicals, chemicals spill in the eyes, kid get, kid's blinded. But all of his other sentences are are extremely heightened. By the chemicals or just by the fact that he's blind? Eh, mix and match. Okay. His dad's a boxer. Dad is doing his best to support the kid. Mom walked out some time ago at kid's birth. Dad usually gets paid by the mom to throw fights. His, he gets a match with Crusher Creel, who is like a big name. And the mob is like, hey, you're going to drop in the third round. And dad's like, nah, I got to set a good example for my son. Doesn't drop even though he was instructed to, knowing it's going to get him killed. Because he wanted his son to see him win. And he'd also bet all of the money he owned on himself winning. And got it put into Matt's account to kind of help set him up. Matt goes to orphanage. Stick shows up, trains Matt in fighting and using his senses. Then Matt... Stick. Stick is a member of the uh, organization that Iron Fist is part of. The Chaste. The Chaste are technically working for the organization Iron Fist is part of. Um, 
So Stick trains him, thinking he'll join Stick as a member of the Chaste. And Matt says, mm, no. How about no? No, I'm good. And goes off to law school. Gets his law license and degrees and etc. And drags Foggy Nelson to go start their own law firm because we need to help we need to help the real people, the little guys. That's great. And they then run like a crappy law firm together. Is yeah. it like kinda run down? So, oh yeah. Okay, so so they're like the guys who are doing the good work, but they're not getting paid. No. No, oh. their law firm actually <laughs> okay. closes by the end of season two because Damn. Matt's job as Daredevil can't... His Daredevil thing keeps interfering with him being able to be a lawyer. And mm-hmm. Foggy's like, okay, heck with this. You're not here. You're the one who wanted to do this. I'm going to go work for a law firm while I make a little bit of money while I can still kind of try to help people. And he'll, like, funnel cases to Matt that he can't, like, look into. Like, they're not okay. big enough for his for the job he's working, but they still yeah. need help. And then Daredevil goes and beats people up. <laughs> it's a really interesting setup, like, for sure. It's very, <laughs> it's yeah. very different from a lot of Marvel stuff. Like, it's pretty, it's well, honestly, rel- relatively pretty grounded. And that was the <laughs> that was the big thing with all the Netflix shows. They were all very grounded. Yeah. Um, and even like uh, not even even like all of them were super grounded. They didn't deal with any big threats. It was just all neighborhood stuff. Uh, I yeah. think the most event I mo- the most the movies get mentioned is they talk about it as the um what do they call it? Not the event, but the... Maybe they do call it the event, but basically they have a name for the first Avengers movie where the Chitauri invaded. Okay. And, like, the newspaper editors will reference that occasionally, and there's a newspaper hanging on a wall that has an article on it about that. But nobody is saying, oh, Captain America, we need you down in, in Brooklyn. Um, But yeah, I would recommend... Daredevil on Netflix. How many seasons are on Netflix? Uh, three. Season two is pretty good. It's a little, like, split because that's where they introduce the Punisher and his stuff is all super good. But they also do all this stuff with Elektra and that's kind of mediocre. Why? And I don't know if you would count the Defenders miniseries as, like, a season four. Because it's, it's, it's like it season advance, 2.5. Does it advance their, like, characters in any meaningful way? Uh, yeah, a little bit. And okay, okay. it sets up Daredevil's place for season 3. Okay. So yeah, make sure you watch Defenders between seasons 2 and 3. Hyperion, Archer, Daredevil on Netflix. Good recommendations all around. Solid, solid. Our next segment is how to be a better buddy. Where we give a little bit of advice, some good, some bad, some funny, and it's not our fault if it doesn't work. Our first question this week is one that I think, uh, as such responsible gentlemen as ourselves, we can answer it very well. Could you date a guy who budgets? Further details. Like, financially he's well off, but he owns real estate, so I don't know why he doesn't spend as much. He's not cheap, but he has rules for spending. I don't think I like it. It's tough. Is it? I think so. I don't know. Um, I mean, the way I see it, he's, according to their details, he's not cheap, so he's not, like, skimping for every cent and cutting too many corners. Yeah. But he's making sure to live within his means. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I think that's what you should do, honestly, because then that way you can occasionally spend a little bit more, but you always have enough left for emergencies that arise. And you just never, and it's just never a worry that you have to have of like, oh, am I going to have enough money? Or if like my car suddenly explodes, like, what am I going to do? It's like, well, I have enough to be able to deal with that and like live 
and not have to. Yeah. I, I, I think that's how we, honestly people should live. Yeah. What about you, James? What do you think? Yeah, I think like, I don't know. Are they, so are they just boyfriend and girlfriend? It sounds like or? boyfriend either. It sounds like either boyfriend or girlfriend or almost boyfriend and girlfriend and the okay. girlfriend, assuming it's male and female, uh, the girlfriend is on the fence about it because she wants to spend a little bit more money and live a little bit of a richer lifestyle than she thinks he does. I think it's, yeah. I mean, I don't know. I guess it depends on how much they're spending. If he's not cheap, then it's not bad. I could see where there'd be a, I don't know how to phrase it, like an issue of control. Like it's seen as like a power move. And I guess though, if it's his money, it doesn't matter, right? Yeah. I don't know. So yeah, I guess if it's his, and it depends how long you've been going out. Cause I feel if like you've been going out for a while, if you like move in together or whatever, like it's not like whatever he makes is automatically hers, but like, I don't know. He doesn't have a job, you know? You know what I mean? I don't know. No, okay. It doesn't matter. Uh, I think I'm going to... I th- to quote Tom Hatherford from Parks and Recreation, sometimes you gotta work a little to ball a lot. The dude's clearly working the little bit and making the uh, smart choices, and down the line, he'll be able to ball a lot. Yeah, I guess it's true. I mean, it's good to budget. I don't know. There, I, there is something to be said. Not necessarily worrying about always having money, but at the same time, it's a trade-off. Because, I mean, if you're going to lead a more, like, just do what you want now, you got to also understand that you're. it's going to cause you stress down the road because you're not going to – there's going to come a time where you don't have the money and you can't do things or something's going to happen that's going to screw you. I think so, as long as you're not, like, obsessive about it. Yeah, I think that's, that's the big thing. Like, uh, yeah. Like, because someone who just budgets, I mean, that's just something that... That any responsible adult should every, be doing. Everybody, everybody yeah. should probably be doing that in some way or another if you have cash coming in. Um, Even if but, it's just like, okay, I need to make sure I set this much aside for rent every month, that's still technically yeah. budgeting. That's budgeting in some, like, yeah. Um, if you're obsessive about it to the point where it does become, like more of a compulsive thing than like quote unquote like smart thing to do and that's a different thing yeah and i guess the extreme of that would be the people who are you see on like the reality shows where it's like penny pinchers or whatever, oh yeah where they're like reusing shit all the time that's um, like the extreme of that you don't want to budget that tight yeah don't be the guy who's unwinding two ply toilet paper to get yeah, two single that. ply rolls no that's like um, but there is a healthy middle ground. Yeah. Sure. So if you really don't want to date the guy who seems to be doing pretty well financially for both the present and the future, just make your informed decision that you're taking a risk on the guy who spends above his means right now. Our next question is, do we need to have bridesmaids slash groomsmen? Further details. Updated two days ago. I don't want a courthouse wedding. I want a normal wedding where there are normally bridesmaids, but I don't want them. Makes sense? Updated two days ago. Along with the bridesmaids slash groomsmen, do we also need to have the maid of honor slash man of honor? Because I don't want those either. Just guests. I mean, it's your wedding. Do whatever the heck you want. Yeah, it's your day. Um, You want it, like, people understand i mean it's not like if you don't have them you're not married there's no there's no <laughs> law that require yeah. set would... standards at a wedding that you have to meet or it's null and void yeah that would be a heck of a thing though like you have to check off a list of requirements in order to get married in any way that's not a courthouse wedding it's like oh you you didn't get enough bouquets from the florist i'm sorry this is not a legal wedding you're fucked. <laughs> You're going to. You're going to jail. have to spend the money again and do it over. Yeah. <laughs> oh 
Oh shit. Oh, oh I'm no. sorry. Did you did, did one of your bridesmaids get sick and not be able to make it? Not a legal wedding. <laughs> oh man. I don't know. Uh, I would say like try to get at least a few friends if you can, but if you really don't want people there, if you want it to just be like a family thing, yeah. Well, I mean, the only well, thing that bridesmaids and groomsmen really do is just stand next to you during the ceremony, typically, and they yeah. just typically have a more, like, specialized role in that they sit at, like, the head table, typically, and that they're in pictures. Like, I, I mean, what else, what else, like, what else do they do? Typically, they no, just but it's friends. also, it's, it's like, it's, it's like about the experience. Yeah. stuff that you do it's also yeah, it's just because it's like your friends yeah like, it's yeah. like these are the people i let's want hang to out next to me <laughs> it's like whoever invites you it's like this is my day of victory guys let's party so here's <laughs> here's an idea yeah. you don't want groomsmen or bridesmaids or what have you up there mm-hmm. but if you don't have them your guests may may feel like something's a little off like did they really want to have a wedding or did they just want a bunch of people to show up for like presents? So what you do, if, if you're cool with having kids at your wedding, what you do is you make them the bridesmaids and groomsmen. Cause then they can just stand up there, look cute, but they can't do anything. They're not going to say anything and nobody's going to be really clamoring to pay them any attention after the first like five minutes. You have to dress, dress them up real spiffy. Like in little tuxedos and everything. <laughs> Dress them up like waiters. No, I could see I could see some people doing that where they have like the younger cousins or kids or whoever in the family like line up with the uh yeah. bride and groom. I think that'd be cute. Or I mean, I just thought of it too. You're gonna have your best man. Right? Even if you don't have groomsmen, you have your best man and your best best uh, woman, best lady. I- thought that was the maid of honor maid of honor that's it <laughs> which they uh ah. they up the second update was along with bridesmaids groomsmen do we also need to have a maid of honor slash uh oh. best man that's <laughs> man because they don't oh. want those either just guests yeah that's uh, i don't know if i do that because i'd have my best man be my brother wow not your cat I- <laughs> what did you expect it to be you RJ <laughs> no please everybody knows it would be John I guess it I guess it It. yeah that I don't know I don't know if I'd do that I don't know if I could I mean maybe it depended it would depend on where it was and if I wanted him there <laughs> I mean so yeah bad. no no well that's that's a problem with like having a large a, a large number of siblings is Depending on how many groomsmen I can have if I ever get married, they take up like half of it. Would be the best man, RJ. And not you. Ooh. I'm not asking for me. I'm asking <laughs> for you. Uh, John Wayne. Oh, you you dig up his corpse? You know he said bad things about black people, right, RJ? Come you're on. assuming he's dead. Oh, fuck, you're right. He's probably everybody knows, like Elvis. Everybody knows John Wayne is a vampire. Me. Did you know he was like six five? I believe he was yeah. like he was like fucking huge. It's because he was drinking all that blood. Hollywood, <laughs> that's insane. That's like a giant for normal people. That's insane. I know, but like especially for Hollywood, James. <laughs> all sh- for anybody, that's insane. I guess, yeah. Uh, so yeah, if if you really don't want to have bridesmaids or groomsmen, just don't do do what makes you happy. Go be happy. But don't complain when people complain about you not having them. And and remember, you can't ever redo that day. I mean... So if, if you end I mean, up... I don't know. The divorce rate in this country says otherwise. No, you can't redo the first day, RJ. You can't <laughs> do it. You cannot. So it is important, but you you get to pay. Uh, okay. And watch out for Vampire John Wayne. Yeah, watch out. <laughs> next up is um, this is a question that I think James knows and understands all too well uh, being 
the master of this art that he is. The question is, can I break into my friend's house to get their food? Further details. I want food. So James, uh, when it comes to acquiring your friend's food, how do you yes. go about it? Hey, we just say be, be friends with them. Then if you ask them once if you can use the refrigerator, that's like a pass the rest of eternity. Um, no. Yeah, you would. No. I... Dude, you never... That's gonna stick with you forever. We will never let it die. No, it's fine. So basically for the listeners, there's just always been this thing in our group that James will... That we just say that James will walk into your house, open your fridge, and just start looking around and taking stuff. Because it (laughs) happened one time at one of our friend's house, but now we just say he does it everywhere. Yeah. But it did happen, right, James? It did happen. (laughs) I'm... In some form or another, it did happen. I can't, I can't, I can barely remember it. But well, that's John. It was at his place, I'm pretty sure. <laughs> yeah, See, and I always thought it was it. you just walked in and grabbed some Pop-Tarts without asking. I think that might have been it. I don't know. John and I used to hang out a lot, though. Like, when we were kids, you know? Well, I mean, yeah. And in, like, I mean, middle school, yeah. you guys were living on the same side of town. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Man... I would say, wait, is this question if you should? Uh, can, can I, I break into anything? Can I, break? <laughs> I I would say, well, yeah, you can break into any house. <laughs> <laughs> but <laughs> but only, you should only do it, at least you should only take your friends if you're like really hungry. Well, I think you should also make sure to leave a note. <laughs> yes. Yeah. But... You pay them back. You pay them back important you don't want them yeah. you, you don't want them to know it was you because they might get because then if they get mad they'll get mad at you so you have to leave an anonymous note True. And then, yeah <laughs> because that way that way they know what happened <laughs> but they're not going to be mad at you yeah unless you get caught then they'll be pretty mad if you get caught but- uh, that's a big if, yeah. If you get caught, you say you've been there the entire time since the last time you were over. Like, you never left. Oh, I, I'm having an overnighter. <laughs> and, uh, oh my god. You've been, been trying to survive 20... off couch crumbs. been here since 2011. <laughs> this is crazy. <laughs> no. Uh, that's a that's a decent plan. I'd at least try it. I'd be like, what, you guys don't remember? Uh, yeah. Calvin? Do you want to? Do you want to give us the real answer? For what? Whether you can uh, break into your friend's house to steal their food? Sure, why not? <laughs> oh, I was expecting you to say don't. I, I don't know. If I knew it was a friend who took for me, I wouldn't really care. I'd be like, you could just ask. But I mean, yeah. I don't know. I, I don't know though. I also <laughs> don't like the idea of people breaking into my place. <laughs> That's true. <laughs> I don't like that idea. That's fair. Because if, if my friend can do it, that means somebody else can. And I don't like that you know, thought. I don't know, though. It would be really easy to break into my place because I'm on the first floor and my windows right by my bed don't have screens. So you can nice. just open them. Yeah, it's really that's, cool. <laughs> that's not something to publicize. Oh, but that's fine. People can come by and visit. Who cares? Have his food. Yeah. Ask. <laughs> just leave a note. Yeah. Yes. It's fine, too. It should be uh, funny, though. It should be a funny Oh, uh, yeah, well, like, of course. Make me laugh a little bit. Like, just a little bit. Make sure you leave a joke. Mm. Like a knock-knock. Yeah, something like that. Because you didn't use the door. Hey. <laughs> like one you put on a popsicle stick. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. A Snapple factoid. Yeah. <laughs> just staple a Snapple cap <laughs> to a piece of paper, and I'll understand. I'll be like, cool. All right. The Snapple bandit has struck again. Oh my a, god. What, what did he, uh, what did he steal me. this time? What did he steal this got time, me. Chief? But at least he left this wonderful little factoid. He knew. <laughs> Snapple's the number one iced tea brand. I didn't know that. <laughs> I'm sorry. Hang on. Arnold Palmer still exists. Hmm. It's fair, but what sells more? What's cheaper? Uh, I guess Arnold has to be, right? <laughs> yeah. There's no way Arnold... No, Snapple has sold way more than Arnold Palmer. Maybe, but I, I don't know. I think Arnold Palmer's doing pretty oh, well I think for it's better. I mean, I think Arnold Palmer's objectively better. Uh, so yeah, just 
don't break into your friends' houses, man. That's just not cool. If you're invited, yeah. that's different. If they're like, hey, drop over any time, the key's under the mat, that's different. <laughs> but don't break in. <laughs> Next up, uh, now, guys, I, this is this might be a little, little, little heart touching right now. Uh, if some straight men don't show their male friends any affection, question mark. Further details, if some straight men don't show their male friends any affections like hugging them, does that say men don't love or care about their male friends at all? Yeah, I mean, sure, it projects like one person on the <laughs> entire gender. <laughs> I, I mean, please, this I don't is know. very obvious. People are different and do whatever uh, the heck they feel like. <laughs> yeah. Because, you know, generalizing always works well but it depends on how you define affection is true affection like is it i don't know well is there a physical like, component to like true affection no it's like calvin was saying do what do what they want because like calvin are you a really big hugger no if you hug me i'll stab you so maybe i That's... don't hug calvin when we hang out <laughs> he's never stabbed me before i don't believe that when did we hug? We've hugged like <laughs> once or twice. And stab me then. I don't remember this. <laughs> Calvin, maybe you need to stab him twice just to make sure your bases are covered. That's true. Yeah, just just the only solution. I'll be on the lookout. My windows on the first floor are open. <laughs> just gonna, like, later tonight, there'll just be like a tapping on your window. <laughs> it's like a drive through yeah. <laughs> drive through hug and stab? <laughs> Yeah, yeah, yeah. Welcome to Hug and Stab. <laughs> like just, May I take your just order? Just a place, place you stop after work to get all that anger out. <laughs> you go home. <laughs> I know, I know. Uh, the boss is, boss like, is on you again. Yep, oh, that's yep. crazy. Sir, if you could please stab. aim a little to the left. Uh, I don't want you to hit my shoulder blade. Oh, <laughs> uh, that's perfect. Uh, yeah, don't... Uh, you're, it's Jet... It, I don't know. It is tell, tell your homies if you're if you're friends, if you need to demonstrate to your friends that you care about them that much as friends, and you don't use hugs, make sure you use some other way to communicate that, whether it's verbally or just by like hanging out or handshakes. But just because you're not hugging people doesn't mean you don't care about them. Yeah, it's true. And our last question this week, uh, letters, awkward or nice? With the further details, do you think receiving a letter from someone or a friend is nice or awkward? Mail's just fun. Just getting any kind of mail. Yeah, I would kill to get letters from people. Uh, I hate Snapchat. <laughs> question. <laughs> I hate it so much. Ransom you want to James? Should we just start writing letters to each other? Yeah, I would do that. <laughs> I, I prefer it. I think, like, there are a lot of people in our generation, and I've been one of them before, and still am to a degree. Uh, it's like this need for this like constant communication, and it's like exhausting sometimes. And I would love letters. I feel like you get to say more in a way. But yeah, I, I would like to I mean, get like an actual pen pal from another country. Yeah, I think that I think that would actually be kind of fun. To just write letters to someone, and that's like your only means of communication. Yes, with them. and they're like halfway around the world. It's like having group chats. Is group chats in the modern era is cool because it's a way for everyone in a specific like friends circle or whatever to keep in touch. You can't yeah. you can't really do that with letters. Like you could kind of try, maybe. <laughs> you have to copy <laughs> a letter and mail it to everyone in the group. Yeah. Anytime you send a response, you have to mail it. Oh, but then there would be like out of sync because it's yeah. like you have to you have to establish an order of like who's, who's got the next response <laughs> and like you you can't respond so, out of order. Oh, no, but that's what you do. You set up an order of a mail circle. So like Calvin would mail the letter to James. James, and it'd be mm. like, he'd have the first top half of the paper. James would write on the bottom half of the first side. James would then mail it to me, and I would write on the back half at the top, and we would mail it to John, and John would get the bottom of the back, and we would just keep mailing in a circle like that. 
That's like a giant game of telephone, but without a yeah. telephone. Yeah. <laughs> With one technology grade lower than a telephone, actually. <laughs> so it's retro and cool. I I don't know. I think I do think the beauty of a group chat is anyone can contribute with anything at any time. Yeah. You can you can put a photo in, you can put a quote, you can put a video, you can share a bunch of stuff. It's a great way to communicate. I do think like a big group letter chain would be fun, but I also do think like I would just love the idea of writing letters to like a person, like someone I just knew. So a lot of people all at once, but yeah. Is it so so letter sending between friends or like pen pals is cool? What if it's just from someone? Like well, I mean, talking to someone randomly is always kind of awkward, no matter what medium. Yeah. <laughs> like you get this letter, uh, it's yeah. addressed to you at your address, but it's somebody who maybe they knew you. Right back. Okay. I mean, it's right basically back. like just walking up to someone on the street and trying to strike up a conversation. Like you can, uh, but it's a little weird. <laughs> I would, I would do it. I just see what would happen. No. Cool. Why That's are fun. you going to send a letter to some random person? No, I, I, I meant I RJ. Love, he said cool. I would, dude, isn't that like? I mean, like the fantasy. I don't like our no. generation is getting that. I don't know, magical letter. Oh, <laughs> I mean, he, he I does. Just I kind of see yeah, what he's saying, James. He's got a point with that. Everybody's yeah, still like, waiting for their Hogwarts letter. Everyone and like extra, like everyone wants that message. That's like, yeah, you're in. <laughs> There's a world <laughs> yes, beyond your comprehension. <laughs> I mean something. Yeah, and so, I think just getting like a random letter from someone, I I just be like, yeah. Why not? Oh God, why, that's why a you? horrible prank to pull, though. Of like. Hello, you. We have chosen you oh. to join our secret society. Please be at this location at this time and day to receive your initiation. I, I would show go. Up and there's nothing there. <laughs> you, you, I, definitely, you definitely would go, James. <laughs> I would go because you hope the guy writing that joke has the balls to be there when he gets pulled <laughs> off. And he, he comes out after and's like, sorry, got ya. And I'd be like, that was pretty good. Yeah, and then you talk after. Is that yeah, a cold you know, that's, start? That, that's a probably. Uh-huh. But you're that is a fair point, James, because it's like even it's like I I I would be like, I know this is there's like a ninety-eight percent chance that this is a <laughs> joke, but there's yeah. that two percent chance <laughs> that is real. And what is like, like how can you miss out on that? Because it's, it's like, like, oh yeah, I'm the guy that was invited to the Illuminati, but I didn't go to the meeting, so I didn't get in. <laughs> no that reminds me that guy <laughs> that reminds me of a thunderstorm that happened That's like fun. a year ago here lightning hit the transformer on the power pole outside my window but when it did it made a wah, 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 sound <laughs> and lying in my bed with no street facing window for a moment i had the genuine reaction and thought that oh my god my sci-fi adventure is beginning <laughs> The aliens are oh. real, and I'm gonna save the world. And then the <laughs> power lines were down in the street, and, it was <laughs> and then it exploded. <laughs> Caught on fire. That's what my It was just that high of highs and the lowest low. It's just it's that idea of like I don't know. I would probably just do it just to see what would happen. I'd be like, I yeah. don't know. Maybe why not? Why why wouldn't why wouldn't it happen? Um, so I'd I'd write them back and be like, cool, I'll meet you. If you don't bitch out, and if it is a joke, I like it's. If it's a joke, you made a, a new friend. Yeah, exactly. And if it's a joke and you bail, like you wrote that letter and you don't show up, I don't know. So uh, so letters are cool, my don't dudes. Out. Letters are cool. Can't be. They're nice. They're like a nice, I don't know. The idea of someone, I feel like one of the things with the letter, the idea of someone, you get it, that someone actually sat down and like wrote to you. It's yeah. a cool, that's a cool feeling. That's a really cool feeling. Yeah. I like that about letters. I don't know. So uh, write that letter you've been thinking about sending. Our yeah. last segment this week, uh, we haven't done one of these in a little bit, maybe? We didn't do one last week, so we'll do do one this week. Shouting into the void. Uh, options this week to tweet at are Tim <laughs> Allen, John Boyega, and Bruce Campbell. Campbell. 
Bruce Campbell? What are we going to say to Bruce Campbell? Uh, let's say, um, you ever rewatch Evil Dead? I've never seen that. I've, got to watch that. I've never seen it either. I, I want to, like, it'd be so great to know if he does. Dear Bruce Campbell, is it true there that you fit the entire Library of Congress in your chin? <laughs> if so, <laughs> <laughs> write me back. <laughs> Fun fact, I actually looked into what it would take to uh, hire Bruce Campbell for anything. And he's extremely strict about it. You oh, have God. to be a proven director to even think about hiring him. I think it's it's part of the whole, like, he's a quote-unquote B-lister, so people think uh, they can get him easy. So he's oh, had to implement yeah. all these rules, but, like... Probably. Still. I mean, for him, I think he's, like, I've seen him in a few episodes of Burn Notice. <laughs> what do you mean, a few? That. I, well, I mean, like, I saw him in... I only watched a few episodes Uh-oh. of Burn Notice. Yeah, no, he's yeah. in the entire series. <laughs> no, I know. I liked his character. I was like, okay, he's pretty cool. It's I've seen, like, clips of Evil Dead. Uh, yeah. He was in a psych yeah. episode on one of the Is last really? seasons. He's the uh, psychiatrist <clears throat> for an episode where Gus, the, the black guy in the show, thinks he's going insane. I miss, like... The sitcoms that were popular in the early 2010s, like, or, like, late 2000s, the mid, like, teens. I mean, Psych is on Peacock, and Peacock is a free service. I'm just, like, I remember seeing, like, those shows on TV. Like, it's weird thinking about that. Wait, Duck is free? It has a free tier. Oh. Now... What? What do you get with a free tier of Peacock? So, ads... Mostly, <laughs> but as I understand it, you get some small selection of movies, and I don't know if you get entire TV shows or just like the first couple seasons. I mean, they're NBC, dude. They probably own like quite a bit of shit, actually. Well, Parks and Recreation just left Netflix to go there. Shit. Yeah, dude. It's pretty. No credit card required. How is Disney Plus doing? Well. Season 2 of The Mandalorian was announced, and WandaVision's trailer was insane and going to be, if they pull it off, very well done. I saw that. Because yeah. they, they straight up acknowledged in the trailer, they're like, hey, Vision, you're dead. <laughs> yeah. I'm interested so, to see what they do with that, because it seems like very... It's not something I'd expect from Marvel. That's very different for them, so I can at least say that. Yeah, I think that's one of the nice things about the Disney Plus shows, is that they're getting that room to explore. Yeah. Between that what? and what hopefully Shang-Chi is going to be, because I've been hyping that up for like two years now. I just want Marvel to get really weird. I know there's some really weird shit in comics, and I want to see it like produced yeah. by Disney. <laughs> like, I want to see well, like, Disney produce that's, that stuff. That's, we're on the cusp. Like, yeah. if we hadn't had the pushbacks, I think Shang-Chi and Eternals would be that weird stuff. But I'm I'm so afraid that it's not going to be as weird as it should be. It's just so hard because you can't fucking trust Disney. That's yeah. the problem. It's like you give them all like, your fucking money and then they'll give you something you didn't ask for. And well, you're like, like, oh, it's pretty good, I guess, but I didn't fucking ask for it. That's, that's part <clears> of it, too, is like, Thor Love and Thunder is going to be nuts and i think taika watiti is still at the head of that so if you liked ragnarok that one's probably going to be pretty good unfortunately we already did ragnarok so that's a repeat of it not repeat of it but a repeat of that style still directing another film there's a rumor that in doctor strange 2 multiverse of madness we're gonna get a we're gonna we might see the version of iron man that was supposed to be um uh i think it was uh, Brad Pitt. Interesting. Yeah. Shit. So, like, the next phase of Marvel movies has a lot of potential to be weird and out of the box compared to the kind of, like, sa- admittedly samey stuff we've been getting. But if they don't hit those weird markers, it's it's such a risk if it's going to continue to push further beyond this next phase. But that being said, I think it's time to wrap up for this week. 
Oh uh, my god, Peacock has airplane versus volcano. It does? <laughs> Classic. Time for a watch party, my dudes. Oh my god. That'd be great, actually. Uh, everybody who's listening to this episode, go watch Airplane vs. Volcano, and then tell us how it changed your life. You're going to be a different person after <laughs> that movie. Thank you for joining me, gentlemen. Uh, if you want to tell us how Airplane vs. Volcano changed your life, you can find us on Facebook, Better Buddies. We're on Twitter, at BetterBudCast. Use the hashtag BetterBuddies to tell us how much you loved Airplane vs. Volcano. Uh, we also have an email, BetterBuddiesCast at gmail.com. You can send us your dissertations on the importance of Airplane vs. Volcano to modern society and the struggles for equality. Yes. Thank you to the band Problem of Interest for allowing us to use their song Living in the Moment off the album Cross Off Yesterday. You can find them on iTunes. Find them on iTunes and Spotify. We're on iTunes and Spotify. Leave us reviews and ratings and things. Uh, I haven't said this in a while. Uh, share share with a friend. Uh, word of mouth is like the best way things like this get spread around. So if you didn't hate us or if you want to torture a friend, force them to listen to it. <laughs> and uh, last but not least, be a better buddy. No, I didn't finish Lolita. I like I got maybe a third of the way through. It's it's fucked up in the set. No, it's like fucked up in the sense that it's such a disgusting act, but it's literally written in some of the most like beautiful prose ever. So like that was his whole. that no and i'm not like it's hard to it's hard to describe without it sounding like that sounds bad but (laughs) almost like it's a um, bad topic no 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 but that was his point he was like i'm gonna write he didn't think like pedophilia was a good thing but he was like you know it's gonna piss people off if i write a book about pedophilia but it's like really good (laughs) and (laughs) and that's exactly what he did like it's like at no point do you feel like did I feel while I was reading it really that much sympathy for the main character? It's like, this guy's gross. Like he's sad, but he's gross. So I don't know.